cup. My third cup of tea for the day. Your tea drinker, your tea drinker. Third cup of tea for the day. I don't know, I think coffee just gives me the zing that I need in the morning to get the day started. Yeah. So sometimes when I don't have coffee, it's like, the day just doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Like, I know a non-coffee day, and I took a big, like, month-long break of coffee before my recent coffee drinking, and some days I just don't drink it, but, like, out of the week, I would say it's four out of four... Yeah, four days right, out right, of the right, week. Right, 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 right. At least to have coffee in it. And it's just like Monday to Friday. You need you know, it. You gotta be on the ball. Yeah, it just does something the for ball. the energy. Like sometimes when you roll out sure. your bed, yeah. you're just like, I gotta go. So I like, but I also like finding natural remedies and ways to keep the energy boost and have that. But there's just something about a coffee, cold or hot. I'm recently. Into cold, yeah, yeah, cold yeah. brews. I never really cared for it. I'm definitely not a Starbucks girly, because to me that's sugar. We're like we pack it, but you know we have options for that. And yeah, um, welcome back. Started off with a little blurb because I'm sipping a little tea, nursing this throat. That is just. Not its best, but we're 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 coming along. Yeah, we're coming yeah, we're along. Working, we're working through nope, it. No, it's not cancer, so mm -hmm. can't. I think that's the thing too. It's like the throat. It's so it hurts. Oh my god! But you're like, at least you're not bed bound mm -hmm. with the trach. So I think um, I'm gonna choose to be grateful as much as possible. I think I've tried my best to like implement gratitude into my day to day mm -hmm. a lot more. Ever since my birthday, leading up to it, I've just felt like this awareness about gratitude within my life because I'm like, you're getting older, you're also super wise, and you're also in such a good stage in your life. Like, I don't know who said they was afraid to be 30, but girl, get here because mm -hmm. there's so much lesson and beauty and like substance to who you are now. Right, right. And it's okay, you know, dating has been fun for me, <clears throat> and I like that I have a better understanding of who I am. All these podcasts and people who are talking about, oh, they don't want nobody who's whatever age, even though they're older, they want a, a, a younger person or a younger girl, go for it, honey, whatever works for you, but a real man, a mature man who wants a real woman... Can't yeah. holla at me. Mm. Okay. Mm. You know, because you have to add in your add in your Instagram. No, I just feel add like in your tag, honey. Shoot yourself out. Oh, I just mean? feel like who Big said you weren't supposed to be taught up at whatever age you are. Big if you're fifty four, you're fifty four and you're killing it, or you're fifty four and you're figuring out you're fifty four and you're alive and you and your and your bones and your body works and your bones are strong like i just think there's so much to be grateful for in the crazy world that we live in today mm -hmm. that it's always good to just shout yourself out in the mirror represent you know lather up your body make yourself feel good make sure you're coming if your person's not making you come what are they doing you could do it for yourself too absolutely but like to to, to not even get that satisfaction when we're all breaking our backs to fight the inflation? Yeah. 
come on, then what are you doing? You know? Yeah. For sure. So, yeah, that's kind of just been where my head's at, been at lately. And we are back with another episode, another getting back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. If you pause and take a look at our catalog, we definitely went on a little break. But we're back into it. My name is Otlin. I have my lovely co-host Kibia here. Hello. We do this weekly, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and yeah, we're about to get into an episode that I am intrigued to talk about because one, I know this guy over here isn't the biggest fan of this topic, which a lot of people are not. I myself had to work through my issues with this, and as I've been dating and I've met somebody new that I like, I've had to face a lot of, like, my own walls, because I haven't put myself out there in a while, so it's like, okay, you, you, you withdrew yourself from this, now you're going back into this, and... Of course, you're going to be triggered, and you're going to be triggered because there are still things to work on, and in order to work on them, there's a lot of things you got to do, and I think one of the main things is vulnerability. I think that vulnerability, being vulnerable, is something that I... Am so hyper aware of its importance in like my life, everybody's life. You know, I mm. feel like I've offered space for others to be that way, to right. have that moment. Right. But when we're talking about <laughs> me and mm-hmm. vulnerability or vulnerability and I, <laughs> yeah, I. Ah, uh, it's it's deep. It's mm-hmm. deep rooted. It's generational. Cindy blood, buddy. Cindy blood. <laughs> no one but Cindy blood. The uncomfortableness yeah, with vulnerability. Certain certain aspects of it, and certain moments, and certain mm-hmm. levels. I think because I can definitely do it, but I think um, the parts of me that still needs to be explored when it comes to that is is coming up right now Mm -hmm. and it has a lot lately but I think when you're doing healing and you're kind of in your own world it's different and then when you kind of venture out meet new people and inviting people into your inner world now you're exposed you you have to expose yourself you have to step out of the shell you have to you know be comfortable with the uncomfortable moments absolutely and it's just, it's a good. It's really good because I know what those moments have done for me thus far. Mm-hmm. I just think I, I still get uncomfortable with it. But being 31, being more mature, being um, more aware of who I am and like being more confident in who I am, I think that it's allowed me to just like let it be and let it come up and like, say the awkward thing and sound silly or stupid or be misunderstood but it's like am I am I speaking to that part of me that wants to be heard that I'm like that I've shut away for so long 
because I'm uncomfortable to face it. Mm. Like, that sounds so silly. Right, right, right. Right? But if someone's looking you deep in your eyes, you feel like they're staring into your soul. And you're like, oh my god, like, what are you looking at? Or, I think, like, um, you know, like, uh, there was an episode of one of my favorite shows where they were married, my wife and kids, and um, with Damon Wayans and Tisha Campbell, Tisha Campbell, um, they were married, they were going through a rough patch, went to a tantric class. Okay. I always remember this because um, you had to state what you were upset about with your partner and let them speak, but you say what you're upset about, no, the person's response has to be, I hear you, like, I hear you, and my heart is still open. No matter what they just said, your first response before you say what's on your mind is that is I hear you and my heart is so open something along those lines and it just showed how hard that is for a lot of people to do yeah yeah because you have to be you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable to one take the criticism and the cutthroat that you're getting in terms of what this person feels and, like, take away the need to be right, take away the need to defend yourself, and be like, you know, I think she said, I don't like the way, you know, because you, you like, you just, dis- let's say you dismiss my emotions. And he's like, hmm, really? Okay, I hear you, and my heart is still open. Well, I don't like when you talk to me. Like, and they both kind of went up and up. And the whole point was to, like, keep it open, keep it loving, keep it... Right? And the only way to do that is to be vulnerable. Right. To accept that, like, I I am flawed. I could have disrespected you. I probably haven't been giving 100%. Right. Like, to face that side of you, to, like, turn, like... When I think of vulnerability, I think of, like, the inner version of myself. Like, a translucent, floating version. Mm. And it's, like, if it's something that I have to look into... It's like that part of me is like stepping out and facing me and forcing like this is what you need to look at kind of thing. Mm. That's like how I interpret moments like that. And I so think it's funny you drew that picture. Yeah. Cause I when I think of like vulnerability, I think of like I'm thinking of us an egg mm. on like a pillow. Mm. And you have to obviously protect it from dropping and breaking. And it it just represents, like, how delicate it is, how small it is as well, but, like, how important um, its existence is. Mm-hmm. Like, the egg itself, but then, mm-hmm. like, what it, what it reflects to me is, like, being vulnerable as uncomfortable as it makes me like when you said we were going to talk about it i know i don't know what came up your whole physical presence i don't know what came up for me completely but i was just like like what do you want to talk about that it was just really really left for me and i was like and i was like okay well wait like if you're like comfortable with you know creating that environment for your patients and for other people then Why wouldn't you be able to, like, do that for yourself, Mm -hmm. but, like, even allow someone to do that for you, you know, provide a space? Mm -hmm. Um, And -hmm. I think that with relationships, like, once you're, like, intimate, 
that part of being vulnerable is like out the window in terms of like, okay, it's not something that I feel like I need to put on. It's like automatic because you trust that person because you've been intimate with them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like as a whole, levels. yeah, like as a whole, when you're asking somebody to hold the egg while we're having this conversation yeah. and not shake it, not drop it, like yeah. be present mm-hmm. in remembering that like, it's something that needs to happen yeah. for the barriers to break, you know, for us to yeah. make like this big, this breakthrough, like mm-hmm. this is what is a part of it. Yeah. Because if you think of the essence of what vulnerability means, it means that you're subject to something negative happening. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, you're, you're more subject to breaking. You're more subject to, to getting sick. Like it's not, so it's already defined or the, what you think of it as is not a good thing. Right, right, right. But you have to go there. You have to get sick to then be strong. Like, you have to build your mm. immunity to then, you know, get that defense. Because for me, I think being intimate with a man and, like, someone that I actually like, it's like, I feel like eye contact. The reason why this came up for me was because I didn't realize that, like, I don't have a problem staring right, and, like, maintaining eye contact, but, like, I know a lot of people are uncomfortable with it. 10,000%. So, with somebody who is not, mm. and they're looking back, then I'm feeling the thing that most people don't feel when I do it. Right. So, now I have someone who's matching that, and I'm like, ooh, what's... What, what, what's me? Why am I feeling uncomfortable here? What's this? Mm. What are you looking at? Like, what, what, you know? And I think that started to come up for me. And I think being intimate with people, I think that that's something that we all crave is intimacy first. You know, a lot of us view sex as what it is, but I think it's the intimacy because sex is a vulnerable act. It is. You know, but I think being intimate is you being vulnerable. You know, you're opening up yourself or you can try and like, let's say, be physically affectionate with someone who's not open to that. And you're being vulnerable by reaching out. Right. You know, and it may not be received. I think, excuse me, when you take in a situation where someone's rejected someone's touch, Mm. how often is that person going to reach out again? They don't want to then go back into that vulnerable space of reaching out to you to be rejected because... The hurt will come. Right. And in order, you know what I mean? But in order to overcome it, you have to reach out. You have to keep doing it. Or, you know, you can't be afraid of the, the, the vulnerability within the situation. Right. Like, you have to face it no matter what. Right. Because I do think it builds your character. It makes the situation better. Like, you know, doing the weird, quirky, silly shit that I do... I don't care who sees it, but somebody who's new in my life, I'm like, ooh. Like, not that I'm trying to keep this facade, but the first time you see me do some weird shit, I'm going to feel weird about yeah, it. Yeah, you're going to feel Or I don't want to always reveal that side of myself. Right. You know? And I think for me, also being more mature and having an understanding of, like, men and their emotions, I realize, like, a, they really don't want to be vulnerable. Like, they cannot, like, it, there's... In terms of, like, they are used to not having that space. They're used to the, the touch being denied. Right. So to open up and cry and say, the world's falling apart, I'm, I'm down and out. 
I'm going through it. I'm grieving my mom. I'm, I'm heartbroken. Like, to actually voice it and to be it, I think, is a lot harder for men. Mm-hmm. I think women can go there, but I think a lot of the times they feel like it's dismissed. Right. But I think for men, it's even harder to, like, get it out. I'd agree. I'd, I, I think... Well, just looking from a standpoint, I think that men primarily look at, like, a part of, like, intimacy, one, as strictly physical. Yeah. So if you're operating from that that standpoint, then, like, any touch that's non-sexual would be, like, me not um, seeing that as a space of you opening up to me, you know, or just being, like playful or like whatever like it touches your love language like I'm not really gonna see that if I'm only viewing touch from a sexual standpoint and I think that for men like when it comes to being vulnerable I think because vulnerability like vulnerable sectors and people when you look at that category you think of it more as like a weakness because Mm -hmm. people are aware of the, the delicateness that they need to be when they're handling you. And mm-hmm. I think that, like, a, like when you want to be more strong or be perceived as strong, which is a part of, like, the male ego, you're just like, well, why the hell would I want to do that? Yeah. You know? Like, there's no there's no incentive to do that. It's but it, true. And, and I could see that, where it's like, on top of not having a space of doing that, yeah. when would that be something that, you know, a male would want to do? Mm-hmm. so I totally get that but I think also like what if you based on upbringing too what if you didn't have that yeah. um, space provided for you so you mm-hmm. don't even know what a space that is provided to you yeah. to be vulnerable looks like if you had a parent who's in survival mode being vulnerable was not something that could happen Yeah, because that equaled outside on the road destitute right so there was no room for that. Right. Even though I'm sure it's like, but don't, we all have moments where you want to cry, where you want to break down, where you feel unheard, where you're overwhelmed. Those moments are like absent from you being yeah. vulnerable or not. Yeah. I think that just being able to identify that, like a time when you need to be, uh-huh. would help the process of healing when it's happening. You know, because it's like, there are people that want to listen. I had, you know? I had a person also state to me like, oh, I didn't realize that I wasn't entering my PIN number. I was entering like my membership number. Oh, okay. On the PIN pad. Right. So it's like, and she's like, was like, I don't want to say this, but like, I'm not an idiot, but I kind of didn't yeah, enter four digits. I entered like 10. Right. <laughs> it was like, and she's like, I just didn't. And then once she kind of got over the part where it was like, I don't want to say the thing, then she's like, yeah, I don't know what came over me. I just started entering 15 numbers instead of my pin. Right. And I was like, yeah, it happens. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not that big a deal, but it's yeah. like, she was like, oof, biting my tongue to say that. Right, right, right. Like, nobody wants to say, oh, I tripped and fell. Nobody wants to be the one who fell, who fell in front of everybody. Right. Like, you just might be the one who falls. And, and that's what it is. I think... What I'm realizing too is like sometimes we're trying so hard to hold it, hold it all together, hold it down. And it's like, but what if you're breaking? But what if it's a lot? If you don't say it, if you don't express it, everybody will think it's fine. Right. Because 
you're moving as if it is, you know, where's the boundary? Where's the, where's the respect for yourself and mm -hmm. how you're feeling? I've realized you have to create the space for you first. Yeah. So that you're able to identify when like someone else is doing it for you. Yeah. But even if there's like no one doing it, I think if you're vulnerable with yourself, then you're able to like reflect that in your like energy so that other people will do that when you're interacting with them. Because I just want to live like in my thirties now, what, where I'm trying to go is just a cool, calm, collective, genuine lifestyle. Like I don't have time for the fake shit in the sense of like us not having real conversations. You know what I mean? If, if that's not what we're doing and if that's not your goal, then that's cool. I'm not wishing anybody ill. I'm just trying to work on myself, you know, work on my mental health. And I think that I can only do that when I'm accountable and vulnerable with myself, you know? Yeah. Able to say that, mm, this is something that's needed right now. Yeah, it's a little bit uncomfortable, but like, it's a part of like the growth process. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of us miss that mark and you know, we're all humans. We all are on this journey and it takes us however long it takes us. It's, it's different for us all. But I think that if, if you've been able to, if you have experienced it in the past, um, it's something to definitely continue to exercise. That's what I'd say. Yeah, I hear you. I also looked at the definition of this. Um, so it says the first definition is susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm. See? Um, another definition is, uh, a person in need of special care, support, or protection because of age, disability, or risk of abuse or neglect. Mm -hmm. Um... And then a simpler definition, which I kind of like as well, is, where was it? Vulnerability is the quality of being easily hurt or attacked. Period. Mm. And I think that that's the basis, which is the fear of that, that everybody comes from, which is valid. Right. Because that is what it is. But I think in strengthening and building and setting the foundation of the we, relationships that you have with people we all have an opportunity to possibly experience that and yourself yeah. you have to be that way like you have to step into the to the uncomfortable vulnerableness of it like there's moments where it's like you know when you first meet people and like whatever and then it's like what if you shit your pants with someone yeah. That, like, you just knew, or, like, however long you knew them, doesn't matter. You could be, that could be your spouse for 40 years. You just shit your pants in front of them. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a vulnerable moment. Yeah. Yeah. That may have happened on the once, then you would never tell anybody that. Right. And whether it's your spouse, your friend, your mom, your brother, you just shit your pants in front of someone else. Right. You could not control your bowels, or you were incontinent, whatever. Shit's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's the position you're in. And I feel like in order to know who really has you, whether they laugh or not, but like who would really be there, you have to have that moment of right, shitting right, your pants. Right, right, right. Very true. It has to happen because you'll never really know. You won't. Yeah, I get You won't. That. You won't. If you were 
drunk, sick, you're vulnerable in the club, you didn't know, barfed everywhere, you're barfed over, your clothes, everything, your shoes, what are you going to do, who's going to help you, you're in a group of 10 people, of the 10 people, how many of them are going to go in the club and not give a shit, and who's actually going to help clean you up, right, that's the only way you're going to know, is when you barf on yourself, yeah, so it's like, stop trying to be, keep it all in, stop trying to hide it, because it's going to be forced out one way or another. Very true. And it's for you to see. It's for you. You have to be that way to see who really, who could really hold yeah. you down. Like, And are you holding yourself down? You know, how do you know if you're holding yourself down if you're not even letting yourself feel what you feel? And Actually, like, you know? Very true. Instead of running away from it, it's like, what is it that makes you... Who taught you? You were never tell a lie, Craig. Who taught you that it was scary? I think other than the definition, I think that when you just view people with, um, from that standpoint, mm-hmm. like, you know, a baby. Yeah. Of course they're, they're freaking vulnerable and I would hate to not be able to vocalize how I'm feeling or like to not have my needs met. Yeah. Like, I'm just there, and people have to provide to me. Like, mm-hmm. when, when you're a dependent mm-hmm. in that way, um, it's, a lot. It's, a, it's a terrible place that you would, like, you don't want, no one would want to sign up and be there. No. But it's still something that's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? In an instant that you can foresee or not. Yeah. And I think that, like, it's good to just exercise those moments so when something catastrophic, like shitting your pants happens, the world isn't ending. Mm-hmm. You do just see the people that are there that are, like, willing to support you. Yeah. I think for me, it's, like, the f- I would th- if I think about the first time I was really vulnerable, where it really counted, was, um, I would say when I got my period, I felt super vulnerable when I got my period. Yeah, for sure. Because I was so ignorant to, like, what how was gonna happen, what I needed to do, what the steps were, like I didn't get the prep talk. And then after the reality of what was happening to me and what would continue to happen, um as a woman, I it just I just felt vulnerable. Right, right. I right. felt like the hole I had was vulnerable. I felt like don't put your dirty fingers in there. Don't like you know what I mean? Like yeah, dirt yeah, shooting, yeah. like you know what I mean? Like it's an opening. Stuff comes out, what goes in matters, you know, it, 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 it functions, it has its own function, its function is maybe something that you want to benefit from, but also, regardless of what you want from it, it if it's out of whack, you're out of whack, like, I just felt like when my hormones shift happened, I felt so vulnerable, I felt like I could get in a fight, I can get arrested because I'm raged, I'm pissed. For no reason or because I'm PNSing. Right. Or like something that didn't bother me. I said the wrong thing. I ruined that with that person. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just felt so vulnerable mm-hmm. at that time in my life. And I think now where I've like realized it's it doesn't matter how you do it when you do it. It's who you do it with, whether it's yourself or other people. Because mm-hmm. you could be vulnerable with someone and they laugh right in your face. Right. And another and person... And you're definitely not going to want to do it again. Yeah. And then another yeah. person can... You could say the same thing to another person and they hold you. You know? Like, it's just different strokes for different folks. And 
you have to be that way in order to to truly see who could be there for you, right. you know, in that moment when yeah. you're weak and you're susceptible to being laughed at, to being hurt emotionally, you know, who isn't going to take that opportunity to do that? Right. You know? But again, it goes back to, you know, the principle of it <laughs> and the, the importance principle. of why it needs to happen. If you haven't, um, our previous episode, that's what we talked about. But it's like you really see people for who they are in in this vulnerable state, which is fortunate and unfortunate, which is why I think it's important to like feel anyways. Yeah. You know, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, yeah, we thought we'd get a little vulnerable. Talk about talk about vulnerability. Yeah. Um, let us know in what ways have you been vulnerable with yourself lately. Mm-hmm. You know, very good question. Yeah, very good question. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear the answers to that on our Instagram, uh, Black Magic B L V C K. M-A-G-I-Q-U-E. Um, as always, tune in for new episodes Sundays, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. My name is Kivia, my lovely co-host Hotland on the It's What It Is podcast. You just listened to episode 152. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Until next week, ciao.